so I haven't read this article yet about... Would you like to read an article live on the podcast, John? Is that, <laughs> is that how this works? It could be how it works, uh, but probably should not be how this works. I, I learned things um, about Max and their their Linux underpinnings today. I learned. Oh, yeah. So I so please I, uh, please I Lex BSD not Linux before the nerds come after us. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. So Dan wrote this morning to complain that the Rebound website was throwing up some errors. He was right. I'm not saying it was an, uh, he was wrong to be complaining. He was fully accurate. I was I was and, alerting uh, you. It wasn't complaining. It was letting you know that something was amiss. To notify me. That's right. It was like Dan was basically notification center. Bing, um, Lex, there are errors <laughs> on the Rebound site. The Rebound website lives on a, a server that I own that was... Uh, a long, long time ago, it was comped by uh, the fine people at Mac Mini Colo. And then when Mac Mini Colo got acquired by uh, Mac Stadium, then it stopped being comped. So that was just a server I pay plenty of money for every month. Um, and uh, when I connected to that server, its issue was that it had no space left. It also had, do you remember months ago when, uh, maybe it was right when iOS 13 came out, when uh, I was getting many, many alerts that I could enable Wi-Fi calling and to choose whether to do so or not? Do you remember that? Yes. Yep. So that Mac uh, Mini that I don't typically connect to had just thousands of such alerts in its notifications. (laughs) (laughs) That was not the problem. It was just a fun side effect. (laughs) Um, No way to dismiss all notification center alerts at one time. Um, Wow. Wow. so the Mac was out of space, and uh, when I was using various tools built into Mac OS to see what was using up the space, it said that system was using <laughs> 998 gigs of my one terabyte drive. There. Damn you, Dan system! Like, Dan was like, you should use Daisy Disk, uh, which I installed after freeing up enough space to install it, and uh, found that there was one... Uh, rogue log folder and it actually wasn't system logs unusually enough it was it was from a actually literally from the web library that powers the rss parsing that makes the rebound website work (laughs) was just generating all kinds of caches and log files i have been working to delete those files for hours for hours so far today it has too many files in it it has created so many files it has too many for uh, mac os to handle at all like, you can drag that thing to the trash, no problem, but you hit empty trash, and then it's just like, <laughs> nothing. It's just like, no. Like, how would I possibly? It's like, it's like you tried then, to put a chair down a garbage disposal. <laughs> so then I put, I, I was like, all right, I'll just use the terminal, and I'll just RM that sucker. <laughs> and <laughs> RM was like, I'm sorry, there's too many files. I can't. Wow, so I had to that I, I've never right. seen that. So apparently RM's actual limit is somewhere around 1,024 files. Really um, interesting. And many commands have issues with uh, when the argument list or when the, the total file list will be over. So it actually turns out that there is a difference between don't do these commands unless you know what they're about. But if you do an, an rm-rf to your folder with a star with the asterisk after it, <laughs> that's way more computationally intensive than without oh, yeah. the asterisk. Right. Um, because it'll first try to get a list of all the files. Yeah. So... What I've been doing right now is just doing an rm-rf with the directory name without the asterisk, and it says nothing uh, and shows no updates, but I can watch as slowly more spaces become available. The other thing that's supposed to be faster, which I've been experimenting with every once in a while when I 
tell the RM to stop is apparently there's some technique of rsync. Rsync is a utility on the shell for uh, copying a folder from one place to another. Uh, rsyncing an empty folder <laughs> over uh-huh. the, to the same name of the other one. It still has to like go through all the files, but it's, it's supposed to be faster. However, when I have run that one for like 20, 30 minutes at a time, it doesn't show any file size change. So my guess is it probably is faster, but doesn't show any progress until the end. <laughs> and I'm unwilling to watch no progress happen. So that is the things I have learned today. And uh, the rebound site is working just fine already, thanks to Dan. But there's still 70, uh, no, there's still 700 <laughs> gigabytes to uh, clean up. So give it time. Once you've been able to clean up that much space, presumably you can tell that web library to be like, stop logging everything, or at least. Yes. Only log a few things, maybe. Yeah. I'm also, what I'm probably going to do is set up an annual reminder to check on it because it's been years before it became a problem. I, uh, I definitely have had that problem with web server stuff before where, you know, stuff that I had deployed and set up and all of a sudden checked and my log files were huge because I hadn't put in place like a, like a log rotation system essentially. Cause normally yeah. like if you're using somebody else's hosted web service, obviously they, they go through all that trouble for you, but usually it's a thing where it's like keep a week's worth of logs and then archive some of them and then start new, right? Like don't keep several years worth of logs because nobody cares <laughs> right. about what happened. I want four to read years the ago. logs from <laughs> December 3rd. This is my favorite 2012. It's my favorite Ken Burns documentary. <laughs> <laughs> Dearest Martha, when, when today do, there today was an I access flushed, at HTTP 301. <laughs> it was from IP address 65.197.243. Some, some, light, some light guitar music in the background. <laughs> I fear I should never again be able to access the web server. <laughs> Ken Burns is Apache. Uh, good times. Yeah, I've been spending a lot of time in the command line recently, and it is, um, I, I'm glad I've remembered as much as I have, but it is a reminder that so much of our, our software is underpinned by, you know, these complicated insanity. systems. Yeah, insanity, uh, to put it nicely. The luckiest thing that I think happened to me from my understanding of the command line was my parents having no interest in the internet early on. And when I first got internet connection in my house, like there wasn't AOL. You could sign up with Epics, the Eastern Pennsylvania Internet Exchange, and you could either get, doesn't exist anymore, you could either get a text-only connection or a full connection. And the text-only connection was a mere, like, nineteen ninety nine a month, uh, and I didn't know what it meant, but it meant that you literally connected to their shell. And um, so, like, all of my initial true internet emailing was with Pine, and yeah. all of my web browsing was with yeah. links, and that was all I knew. Before we even had an ISP... Uh, my dad's work, my dad worked at a, a law library at a university and they had a dial in Vax account. And that was what I used for years because it was essentially like a free account that, you know, they gave so you could like check your email at home in, you know, 1990 <laughs> or whatever. And I definitely remember dialing into that and just sort of like, I think, I don't even remember why he gave me access to that other than he didn't really know what he was doing. And. <laughs> He was like, well, maybe you can learn something about the internet. And I discovered that you could like, basically I discovered that the only useful thing you could do at that point, the only useful thing you could do at that point was telnet places, which is how I totally got into like playing uh, like muds and stuff like that was because basically the only thing you could do on the internet 
in that era and i definitely had that thing where i would be secretly dialing in in and playing those games and of course it would use up our only phone line <laughs> they would get really <laughs> mad at me because mm-hmm. the phone would literally be busy for hours hours <laughs> I, let the record show that when dan said that his dad worked at a law library at first i thought that dan was stuttering <laughs> until my brain caught up a law library his, it was his the, dad bob his dad bob blah blah yeah it was the <laughs> it was the la law library which makes it even harder yeah. to say mm-hmm. uh yeah those were the days mm. I yeah. remember teaching my mom to use email via pine when my first uh my oldest sister went to college because my mom wanted to be able to email her. And I was like, well, first you're going to press this letter, and then this letter, and then this letter, and then this letter. <laughs> and my mom was like, this is not better. <laughs> this is not better than postal mail. Uh, and then I was like, well, we could also upgrade to the $40 a month internet connection, oh and then God. that would be easier. And so we did that. Yeah, we. Uh, hmm. I do remember when when the first like the web browser, when links the web browser showed up, and I remember, because up to that point, I had used Gopher, which was... <laughs> essentially this crazy internet protocol that was just a giant menu based system and i remember using links and thinking like this is so not as good as go <laughs> <laughs> this is never going anywhere yeah, gotta write that gotta write Lame. that down yeah the eternal wisdom of a 13 year old <laughs> i have i have uh so you know sort of similar stories but you know i was in graduate school of course <laughs> so but I uh, I had a friend who was – he was the only person that I could email with. He was the only other person I knew who had email. <laughs> and he was on this GE network. So I was like, okay, I guess I better join this GE network. It's like I have no idea what the point of all that was. <laughs> I, I think, think we emailed about we, – we must have emailed about three times. <laughs> I think I over – the, Over the course of a year. Literally tried – you know what? The ISPs of that age – were kind of like streaming services now where I would just use the like seven day free trial or whatever oh, yeah. <laughs> and just right. burn as much time as I could on like my prodigy or CompuServe account before yeah. the actual like charges kicked in. <laughs> just got, I'm just gonna watch the entire internet in a month and you could actually kind of do that at that point. <laughs> when, when I was a teenager, I wrote for the local newspaper which had a section came out each week called voices that was for teens by teens about teens and normally you had to go to the newspaper to write your articles uh and i thought that seemed insane and i would write them at home and at the time you could not email them in but there was one tech person there and i could use telnet and like literally paste it in and it would go through and you know he and i would be like live connected to each other and it would go through to him Mm -hmm. it worked Mm -hmm. and that's how i submitted my articles and I wrote a humor column for that newspaper, and there was one that was about how adults struggled with computers. I was very hip and comedic at the time, and it <laughs> Jesus, ended what happened? with the last. <laughs> now it's all dad jokes. Exactly. The last line of the article was like question mark syntax error, which is also one of Jason Snell's favorite jokes. And the guy thought that the file wasn't sending properly. And he's like, it didn't work. You're going to have to try it again. And he did not realize that, that. And I didn't realize that that's why he was saying that it didn't work. <laughs> and uh, it was very much an Abbott and Costello routine unintentionally for about 10 minutes. So Do you remember? That's, that's my fond memory. When you could dial, there was a point where you could essentially dial your modem into somebody else's modem. And it yes. would just give you essentially a text connection that you could type back and forth on, which was definitely the least efficient way to communicate anything yeah 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 and you could like type over the other person yes. basically like yes. <laughs> the cursor only existed in one place at a time 
<laughs> and that's how they made Google Wave. <laughs> is that the show? I th- <laughs> that's the show. I think we just put a cap on it by saying, look at all the things we're thankful for. <laughs> Are we, I think we're trying to avoid talking about Apple because we're like just mad about stuff. <laughs> accurate the only stuff that we have to talk about it's all bad news we're just angry about it's all bad news think about the things that are uplifting and positive oh, i think i'm going to deactivate my facebook account too Ooh. oh wow Ooh. look at this it's guy. really it's sad <laughs> it's sad to me because i first i want to download all my shit from them and i really do love facebook memory so i guess i'm gonna have to like use time hop or whatnot um and I decided that I shouldn't do it right before my birthday. That that feels dramatic as we record my birthday is tomorrow. <laughs> Don't say oh. happy birthday to me, you bastards. Um, That's it. That That's weird. the last but straw. Too late. It, it also feels weird to do it right after my birthday. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to wait until mid-December. That's my plan. Because mm. all web companies make me angry now. All internet companies make me angry now. Well, practically, I think all companies are just making me angry. <laughs> I feel yeah. like I don't have enough skin in the game to remove my Facebook account at this point. Like, I get the point, but at the same time, I use it so infrequently that I, and like the only people I talk to on there are like my family and even that not very much. So I don't know. There's like, there's almost nothing there. I went in at some point, and like turned off like every possible integration, took out all the information that I could. I don't really have much in the way of photos or anything on there. Like I don't store any information there. It's basically just like a, placeholder page just like with the bears like, what facebook knows about me is that i have a book coming out and i'm just fine with yeah facebook essentially well, yeah yes. I mean, so that's what i was going to ask you is that i mean do you do you need it for that purpose well so here's the thing i don't really because i thought about this recently and and frankly the answer is almost i only friend people on facebook that i actually know so oh, yeah so so no, you're not you're not going to be able to proselytize to people yeah, who there, don't there yeah. are some people it's there not a who fan, would, it's not a dan Morin yeah. fan page no no it, there are some people there who would not know maybe otherwise just because they aren't on twitter or instagram or something like that right but right. it's also not a very big i just never understood the the idea of friending thousands of people like i think that's the thing for me as i never got into what facebook well, wanted I mean, if me you to set do. it up as more of a business as more of a business right account, and then that, that's a yeah. whole separate thing which i could do and right. just get rid of my personal account too but eh, i don't know i just don't i don't find facebook as valuable it's just there to like see pictures of like people's kids essentially well it's valuable to facebook dan okay they don't want my stuff well maybe they do want it but they don't <laughs> i don't have anything that they want right now but I, I think oh, that, you Dan, do? you couldn't even delete your personal account if you wanted to keep a business account because the way you control business accounts is via uh, personal accounts. Son of a bitch, is, that's how they get you. It's crazy. Like if you, wanna, get you. if you want to buy ads on Facebook, like which is an extremely effective tool for advertisers, you have to have a personal Facebook account. <laughs> um, but I don't buy ads on Facebook. I compete with Facebook. <laughs> Speaking of competing with Facebook, yes. you might have seen these guys in your Facebook newsfeed, but... The real time to buy is after hearing this very ad. Uh, I recently celebrated my daughter's bat mitzvah in a black suit that looked freaking fantastic. Maybe I'll even give a photo for the show notes. <laughs> but I was wearing an Indochino suit. And uh, you know why it fits so well, Dan? No, Lex. I, I have no idea. It was made to measure my body. It was Ooh. made for me. Me and me alone. It... Uh, uh, it had a, a purple lining, which Anya loved. The, the color for her bat mitzvah was purple. 
Um, like the buttonhole fabric was purple. It was a great suit. I loved it. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. They make suits, shirts, coats, and more, and everything is made to your exact measurements for a great fit. And you get to personalize everything. The lapel, the lining, the monogram. My monogram is Lex. And they have hundreds of suit options for all occasions, including work, formal events, bat mitzvahs, and even your own wedding. The Black Friday event is on now. Until December 1st, get custom suits from just $289, plus their best prices of the year on overcoats, shirts, and more. Oh, God, I'm a sucker for overcoats, and now I'm going to look. <laughs> this is very dangerous <laughs> for me, this ad. Start your style upgrade now with $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com when entering the code REBOUND to check out. Plus, shipping is free. That's Indochino.com, promo code REBOUND, for $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more. An incredible deal for made-to-measure clothing. You really have no excuse anymore to wear clothing that doesn't fit. You should instead go custom. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> Smart. Yep. No, I agree. Can't argue with that. It's customer busted. Oh, oh he, he, couldn't, he couldn't resist. He could not resist. You got to give the people what they want. <laughs> Does anybody want that? I kind of do. Oh, John. John, 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 John. Johnny, John, John. You know what I don't want to do is buy two phones next year. <laughs> you know you do. And yet, you know you and do. yet, it seems like I'm going to end up doing that because... This 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 SE, as much as I have loved it over the years, is really kind of on its last legs, and it does seem like they're going to release an updated eight size phone sometime in the earlier part of the year, and then now it seems like it's a very real chance that there's going to be a smaller, like, pro-ish phone in the fall, because <laughs> there's another rumor about that today. So I uh, feel like I have to jump on the eight size phone because I don't know that there's going to be a smaller phone later. Um, but then if there is a smaller phone later, I'm probably going to want that instead. <laughs> so what you're saying, they're probably going to get me for two phones next year. What you're saying, John, is SCU later. That is not oh what gosh. I'm saying. That's exactly what I think. That's what you're saying. I think it's exactly what you're saying. I'm saying smaller or bust them. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i don't so that you're you're referring there was a report uh what a, let's see based in korea 5.4 yeah et times is that what it is et first, news i thought it was i thought it was yeah i thought it was like entertainment weekly <laughs> no et et times is the newspaper that et puts out <laughs> uh-huh phone it'll home. Always be. Sorry. It's, it's more about phoning home yeah, yeah. it'll <laughs> always be right there uh five so a 5.4 inch that would be a little bit larger than an se se yeah. screen is five four and a half four and a half okay but i mean it's got you know it's got bezels yeah it's, it's got, got a lot of bezel got a lot yeah. of bezel the heavy bezel phone right. yep yeah i don't know that makes sense to me we've bezel talked about lifestyle. this we've talked about this a bunch but like why not make a smaller phone because there's a market right. for a smaller phone you're gonna sell phones yeah. Why not? Yeah. And they need Bell to sell phones. phones. <laughs> I mean, you know, when, when I've said this before, but yeah, when, when, when your unit sales are stagnant, why not try to sell more phones to different, different parts of the market? My favorite bit about this report is the claim of them using a Samsung technology that allows touchscreen circuitry to be directly patterned on an OLED panel without the need for a separate layer. But that technology is called Y-Octa. <laughs> Just sounds why, awesome. Why not? Yeah, exactly. I say why not, Octa. Yeah. You, <laughs> I say, that's not why Octa could do for you. Uh, what I'm still, and I, we've talked about this so much, John, but I'm, you're, there's no size bigger than that size that's going to work for you. Like it's got to be the SE size. Well, like I said, I'm going to get the, when the eight one comes out, I'm going to buy it. 
So, plus that, I mean, at least that will be you'll like it? 400 bucks. So, you know, reportedly 400 bucks. So it's not like a huge, not a huge expense, but. Is there a chance you'll be happy with that size? There's or a chance. It... Yeah, there's a chance. And, you know, I mean, if the new one is $1,200, I'm, you know, I might say, oh, I could get three of these for that. So I won't buy that one. (laughs) Do that instead. (laughs) Think of the battery life. Right. (laughs) You know, tired and busted is day phone, night phone. (laughs) Wired (laughs) is. But wired is. Mid afternoon phone. I'm not sure how to do the math. (laughs) One phone for each meal. Sleeping phone, morning phone. I uh, I think I'm in the same boat with you, but with laptops, John. Where it's like, oh man, oh, yeah, if there's yeah. a 13 inch MacBook Pro with the scissor keyboard, uh, in in like March, and they don't rev the air until later in the year, I'm like, oh god, do I buy a new one and then sell it when the air comes out? Do I, you know, try and eke the most out of my 11 inch air? Because I've been thinking recently that like I don't, I've actually gone to using my iPad for a lot of stuff when I'm out of the house. But there are still a few things that I need my air for. And every time I take it out, I'm like, God, the battery life on this is terrible. Everything feels kind of sluggish. It's just getting old. Aren't we all? Um, And I've got, coming up in January, I do my annual MIT mystery hunt. And that's something I actually need a laptop for for a couple days. And I'm kind of dreading having to get by on Mm -hmm. the air for like two or three days just because it's just, it's sluggish. It's like five years yeah. old you know and and it was a good machine it's still a good machine but it's it's just not up to snuff right yeah i i definitely prefer larger laptops because i feel like i'm I'm less worried about the portability i do take mine back and forth to the city every day but it just goes in my messenger bag and then that's it like i'm not I don't even like the large laptops are not that large anymore i do but a six yeah. not the 16 inch though that's too big for me i it's uh, I wish I had that one. That's I'm not going to get it because I, I have a very functional MacBook Pro with a wonderful touch bar and no escape key, and I'm just <laughs> fine with it. Um, but hate on me, haters. But I, I, I don't know. I would love that 16-inch Mac. I think it's great. So why don't you buy that, and then when the 13 comes out, you can give me your 16. That's that's my advice. I just, don't yeah, just think give this is him. good. I think this is a bad <laughs> deal. Uh, I, I really also do, though. I, I When I go to meetings, I take my iPad Pro. and like we're going away for the Thanksgiving, well, not for the weekend, but for, for a few days for Thanksgiving, I'm just going to take my iPad for that. I also have found that I really prefer writing on the iPad. I think the same way that I prefer uh, reading on a Kindle, writing on an iPad, there's still plenty of opportunity to be distracted if you don't turn off the notifications, but you have to actively switch away in a way that it doesn't feel like you're doing when you're on the Mac, when everything is kind of visible at the same time, Right. if you yeah. know what I mean. Oh, and yeah, I find yeah. that writing on the iPad is like where I get my best writing done. Yeah. Yeah, I wish again my biggest my biggest impediment there is that the Scrivener iOS client is not great and I would I end up using my Mac for all the novel stuff because I just I can't its syncing system doesn't work really well. Uh it's not that even that it lacks a lot of features, but it's just there's something about the layout that's really just not as as convenient to use. Um so I haven't been super good, but I did a lot of the editing for my current my last manuscript on um on word for the ipad and it worked pretty well i have some nitpicks but i it was surprisingly usable uh i have to say the ipad app and in some ways a lot better than the mac version too yeah i i would i would imagine so having used the mac version <laughs> it's not bad and the mac version's not terrible it's like i mean it's better than it's been in the past no it's not no it's not but it's just it's a you know compared to all of my other options it's a pain in the ass yeah I, I, it's unfortunately it's a necessary evil like just there's yeah, no right. other option for using stuff other than word because it's still kind of the lingua franca in publishing right 
Um, pages uh, still feel stupid to me on all the on all on Macs and iOS devices alike. Like I use Pages a decent amount because my my kids use it at school. Interestingly enough, for some things, and I don't know, Pages just always feels a little it's, bit dumb. It feels like Apple gave up on it. It, it, it I agree with you to sort a certain of, extent. Yes. There's a lot of stuff that's half baked. In fact, right before this, I was looking at like you know I make an invoice every month in Pages. I know. I don't know why you keep charging me for podcasting with you, but whatever. <laughs> I, I don't know why you it's keep not jokes. paying me. Uh, <laughs> it's the puns. It's all the puns. And it, it, it has this thing where you can define text as placeholders and create a template. And I'm like, oh, this is great. You know, I, I'm going to try making a template for my invoices. And that way, in theory, it could, I can just open it and like create a new one and it should save it. Because like only a handful of things change every month, like the date and the invoice number. I'm like, oh, that's procedurally generating. Like you can generate that just by knowing what today's date is essentially. And they make that really hard because you can define stuff as placeholder text, but all that does is like, oh, then you can type in this field and replace that text. I'm like, I can do that with any text. It doesn't matter if it's placeholder text. And the only way to get at that and change it procedurally is fucking Apple script. And it's like, I don't... I'm not good enough at AppleScript to write a script that will just sort of open a new file, template it, like make the necessary changes and close it. Like I could do it. It's going to take me a few hours just to like get everything right. You could use, I mean, I, I use uh, uh, numbers for invoices. Right. And that's, again, it's probably better in some ways. I have like a numbers, yeah. like a spreadsheet table embedded in an invoice, uh, but it's just a pain because it's like, this should be better. There's no way, yeah. you know, there's no reason I shouldn't be able to just open a template and say like, oh, Put today's date here. <laughs> Put the yeah. month and the year here. You know, that's that, it. That's It's a thing that Word's better at. Actually. Sure, absolutely. Because it's like there's a bunch of little sure. half-baked dead-end features where Apple was like, we're going to improve pages, but we're going to do it very slowly. And we are kind of going to pick and choose what things that we actually improve. Um, yeah. Numbers has that too. And I use numbers a lot and I like numbers. But there are a lot of things in there where it's like, you could just have made this a little bit better and it would have made everybody's yeah. life better. Does it ever yeah. surprise you guys that Apple went all in on naming their things with the most like basic <laughs> names? <laughs> like, it doesn't really, sentence. no, it doesn't surprise me at all. Really? It's annoying. It's really difficult. And sometimes it's just darn difficult. Like when you're searching on the internet for something. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> like you're trying to find like <laughs> numbers. How, yeah. How to yeah. do things with numbers. Yeah. <laughs> pages uh, i have to put like mac in every time just to make sure that we're clear that i am talking about a software program yeah. now you guys um write a lot about <laughs> technology uh which i don't i have found in the past i don't know two years that i often have to google to remember what the current iteration of mac os is called i miss numbers i have decided i miss number <laughs> not the app though yeah. <laughs> um, we're already i don't i don't know if you know what i mean but like it's i <laughs> the, the name changes every year with no like other relevancy to anything and so i have to if i'm not in front of a computer where i can go to about this mac and so you don't know which, i don't know you don't know which current. operating system Alexa, you're are, you, are you exactly. suggesting that there should be like like timely references in the title <laughs> Oh, yes. no please yeah. no yeah this year's this year is uh mac os baby yoda that's there you go it's done <laughs> okay see that would be fun Although the past several years be mac os shit show i think is what <laughs> yeah right yeah yep that's right uh, mac os um, trump stravaganza if you want it to be like the most relevant and important thing of the era i think i would call it mac os credit card consolidation loans <laughs> I saw it coming, Speaking and yet which, I could not swerve I mean, to can, avoid it. You can hear it in his voice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah 
I hate myself. So, <laughs> but what you don't hate you is Lightstream. <laughs> <laughs> We're recording this the day before both Thanksgiving and my birthday. Some people ask me, is your birthday always on Thanksgiving? <laughs> That's not how it works. Uh, but the holidays are upon us. This year, give yourself the gift of extra money in your pocket. Pay off your credit card balances and save with a credit card consolidation loan from Lightstream. Roll your high-interest credit card payments into just one payment at a lower fixed rate. Lightstream's credit card consolidation loans have rates as low as 5.95% APR with autopay. What this means is you stop having to pay you know, crazy amounts in interest. You can save thousands in interest. Uh, there could be absolutely no fees. There's no application fees, no origination fees, no transaction fees, no prepayment penalties. Uh, the application is so quick and easy. You can apply right from your phone. Even if you use a small phone like says, <laughs> it still works. Lightstream believes that people with good credit deserve a better loan experience, and that's exactly what they deliver. Just for our listeners, apply now to get a special interest rate discount. The only way to get this discount is to go to lightstream.com slash rebound. That's L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash rebound. Subject to credit approval, rate includes 0.5% auto pay discount. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash rebound for more information. I uh, wanted to bring up something that we were discussing in our group chat, Lex, that you and I were talking about, which was you asked me how I put GIFs in our iMessage thread. Yes. And I said, my workflow is terrible. Here is what I do. I go to Google. I search for a GIF. I then have to save that GIF to the downloads folder because copying GIFs doesn't always work mm -hmm. correctly on the Mac. You can't yep. just copy a GIF and paste it or drag it into a window. It will often just give you a static image for some yep. reason that I don't understand. <laughs> Uh, that's something that works weirdly enough better on iOS than it does on the Mac, and I, does, don't and I don't fucking get, get why. <laughs> uh, and I said I wish there was an app that would just sort of like pop up a window, and I could type in a search term, and it would return some gifts, and I could pick one, and then paste it into my iMessage conversation. And like I said, there probably is. And I said that I would really like to know what that is. I still don't know what it is. So if somebody out there has a good app that does that, I am all in on that. Uh, because well, I was looking at the Mac App Store, a lot of poorly rated stuff. Yep, yep. Uh, I use Rocket does have some support for GIFs, but I found it kind of hit or miss. Um, on the iOS side, I use a program called GIF Wrapped, but even that also has some problems with it because I find that when I open it, it's like in theory, it's great. It's like here's all your point A folder, here's all your GIFs. You can search it based on the file name and like any other things you want to add to it. And then you can copy stuff. The problem I have with it is that a lot of times when I launch it, it seems to feel like if I've added new GIFs, it needs to like rescan a whole bunch of shit. And so like I'll search for something and I'll get like a little spinning wheel on the GIF that I know is the GIF I want. But also if it's just a thumbnail, I can't tell if it's the right GIF. Um, mm. So yeah, it's, it's, I know it's, it's kind of a niche program, but part of me was like, I wonder if you could just do a workflow in like launch bar Alfred or something like that, that does all of this. Probably. You know, I on on iMessage, I use that built-in Apple Messages app thing. Do you know what I mean? That's like just yeah. for searching for images. I use yep. that and iMessage, and that's the number one yeah. place I want to have a GIF. But I'm just it's, installing. But that's yeah, you're at the mercy the of Mac. you're at the mercy of just search there. 
right? Right. There is a whereas the Google whereas Dan uh, Dan's talking Dan, you're mostly just talking about like stuff that you've already saved. Well, I use both though. I like I there's stuff yeah. where it's like I've got stuff in a basically I've got a big folder in iCloud Drive of yeah. gifts, and like either I want to pull stuff from there or I want to search the web for a gift, generally a gift that I know exists. And that's the other thing, the problem with like a lot of the GIF searching yeah. services, like Giphy and Tenor, is like sometimes there is a GIF and I'm like, I know it's out there and it's yeah. not on any of those services. <laughs> right. The truth is, I, I the don't GIF know, I is out there, Lex. <laughs> I just installed uh, Tenor and you're supposed to click on it and it copies the GIF and then I can paste it, but it won't let me paste. I had to drag out of there. So, no, there is no good app for this. Yeah, I, the, but like Moltz was, was agreeing, the, the, the fact that you can't just copy a GIF from Safari and paste it into a iMessage window is just, it's just fucking baffling. Like, I don't understand how file handling hasn't dealt with that. Yeah. I don't either. And on the recent, I don't know what happened on, on iOS, though. I one of the other places where I put GIFs a lot is in um, Slack and actually GIFs and images, any images at all. I can't, I half the time it won't post any image for me. It just like times out or something. I don't know. Yeah. I have had that be an issue. Uh, you're, are you talking on iOS? Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been wonky. Yeah. I think that's just a recent Slack thing. It's been a wonk. Uh, I have sent some great GIFs. So those are, these are to... fantastic. Baltimore. <laughs> 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 Lex isn't going to get that gift, Dan. I know, it's fine. It's Baby gonna, Yoda. I know Baby Yoda. <laughs> Actually, copying these is working for some reason, you so maybe I'm wrong. Baby maybe Yoda. they fix it. I don't know him well. <laughs> yeah, baby Yoda was a friend of mine. You, sir, are no Baby Yoda. Now, now, Dan, you just pasted one that really was intriguing to me, and I don't know if you saw my, my tweet about this, but my kids used to love on the iPad a game that was um, Baby Monkey. And the point of the game was that it was you were a monkey riding on a pig. And I don't think the game works on the current iterations of iOS, but my kids just loved it. And when you play the baby monkey game, it would sing this incredibly annoying earworm of a song that was baby monkey, baby monkey, riding on a pig, baby monkey. And it would just repeat that over and over again. And when people were tweeting about baby Yoda, I have not watched the maladorian gambit oh or whatever God, it's called I, and so i hate you so much <laughs> the, but every time i saw people tweeting about baby yoda i would sing that baby yoda to the tune of the baby monkey song and then the people who made that game put out a video that dan you just linked to a gift from of them singing exactly that so oh, all i didn't I'm even realize the world I just was a beautiful picked, place i just picked a gift <laughs> so yeah there was a, they put out a video and it's baby yoda baby yoda riding in a pod baby yoda and it's the same song i showed it to my kids and like it's weird to see kids have nostalgia, but as soon as they heard it, they remembered that game. It was like this whole moment here. Anyway, <laughs> baby Thanks, Yoda. Yoda do, 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 do. It doesn't quite yes. work. Doesn't quite. It work. doesn't work as well. Doesn't work. Should we talk about some actual news before we finish? <laughs> so uh, we've just decided to like go all in this week on avoiding stuff. <laughs> Tomorrow's Thanksgiving. That is that is yeah. true. In fact, yeah. by the time this comes out, it will either be Thanksgiving or Thanksgiving will have come and gone. Yeah. Uh yeah, do you want to talk about um uh, uh Black Friday deals? We could do that. <laughs> I'm not prepared to do that, but it's like a it it's like a uh it's like a lesser prime day. <laughs> it doesn't capture the magic of prime day. That's right. I mean, this is just a cheap crass commercial knockoff of mm-hmm. day. Yeah. <laughs> well, which sad Apple story do you want to cover first? Um, I I haven't seen that Russia one covered anywhere else, but it was from the BBC, and I did check it, and it seems to be accurate, uh, which is that 
they Apple Maps now considers Crimea part of Russia. <laughs> um, so is this is this a thing that they're doing um, only in? Like if your region is set, like if you're in that region, like if you're in Russia, it shows no. up that way. Because isn't that nope. how the? No, it's. I don't everyone. think so. I think if you go and look at the maps, like for example, I opened maps and I went to Crimea on the Mac, and yeah. you scroll down, and it looks sure looks to me like there is now a border north of the Crimean Peninsula, like on the north end that divides it from the Ukraine, and it is now connected to russia it's a little hard to tell based on just the way that they draw their the lines but it sure looks like it to me and if you search for apparently the two of the big cities in crimea it lists them as being in russia which is yeah cool (laughs) this is the same company that Stood up to the Justice Department, right? And and uh, <laughs> wouldn't unlock a terrorist's iPhone. I guess they consider that different. You know, yeah, I think they, well, they, they, they this were... this sort of stuff, they're like, oh, well, that's not really our, that's not, we're, we're not making that a selling point. We're not, we're not, we're not making a selling point that our, <laughs> our maps are, and Accurate. our app selection are going to support democracy. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're just, I don't know. we're just making it a selling point that, you know, your phone is more secure. Yeah, I, uh, it's really, it's which hard. I guess, you know, I get, you know, fine. It's like, you can draw that line. It's disappointing. <laughs> literally. You can literally yeah. <laughs> draw that disappointing line. <laughs> it's a disappointing line. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It seems, eh, I don't quite understand the rationale here. Uh, yeah, I mean, to- right. You can, you can see why they would capitulate to China a little bit more. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I mean, it doesn't seem like Russia is a, uh, uh, like, big enough Certainly not market. a big enough market, I wouldn't think, yeah. That, why would you, why would you do that? Why would you do that? <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, so I, I don't know. That seems peculiar to me. I find it kind of baffling, but. It, Lex, doesn't, <laughs> Lex doesn't talk about politics. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't have any opinions on anything that Apple does. <laughs> 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 nice save he just welcomes our new russian overlords <laughs> I, I can't remember if i mentioned this on the other podcast and this is barely related to apple at all but it is related to russia uh the reason that my family is doing uh thanksgiving at hershey is because where normally i would go to my in-laws this time i was invited to my wife's sister's husband's parents house in pennsylvania for thanksgiving uh, an invitation I declined because I, uh, my brother-in-law is Russian and I, I think he's awesome. I love him. His parents are Russian and man, do they love Putin. And they're like, if Putin's interfering in the U.S. elections, that's good for America. And I'm like, nope, just not going to Thanksgiving. <laughs> wow. Just, just not. Uh, just say, da tovrish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, so this is what happens when we talk about, when we talk about actual news. We feel sad. What was the other thing Apple did that was shitty? Did you cover it already? Because my doorbell rang and I missed a minute. <laughs> yeah. So that's what he, that's where, why he wasn't saying anything. <laughs> it is why. But the thing where Apple uh, uh, was violating some other thing, did you cover that already? I don't remember. Do we have Oh, another? no, yeah. No, I sent that. I sent that right. No, uh, no, we did not talk about that yet. Um, what was that? Oh, that was the U.S. <laughs> they, sanctions. We, we were ignoring sanctions. The, right? Yeah, they accidentally violated U.S. sanctions on something by, by searching on it wrong or something. <laughs> 
there was a basically, you know, some criminal who, among other things that they were doing, was like creating apps that were for distribution in the app store. This person was sanctioned by a U.S. agency. Uh, in theory, that should have meant like, I don't know if this was asset freezing uh, or essentially just like it should have stopped anybody in the U.S. from you can't, doing business. You're not supposed to do business with them. Yeah. Yeah. And they Apple failed to take a bunch of the apps off the store and continued making payments um, at the time, in part because when it ran the search list of the like uh, blackballed company versus against its database, they were punctuated and capitalized differently. And so it didn't catch it. <laughs> Uh, which is just stupid. Um, <laughs> this is a, I would say this is a case where they needed to be more sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> I, wow. Is so proud of himself. When John <laughs> well, makes the I shitty jokes. That one. <laughs> uh, well, that really punctuated this whole argument. And I feel like, um, <laughs> I got a dash. <laughs> Uh, you know the problem was that Apple doesn't have an app called Letters. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they did. No, wait. That was, was no letters. No, that never happened. <laughs> cards, cards. <laughs> I was thinking of cards. Don't bring that up. cards against letters. I don't think bring letters up. We never uh, speak of letters. <laughs> it knows what it did, <laughs> which was went, nothing. Went from letters to words Ceased to, to exist to, to paragraphs to documents. Oh, man. Yeah, so Apple continues to have a shitty November. Yeah, I think Apple uh, is probably more than anybody else looking forward to December. Well, yeah, because they're going <laughs> to ship the Mac Pro and, and that'll fix ship, everything. Yeah, so we should record late next week, right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> or on the, the second. The one thing that'll come up on, on Black Friday, every year on Black Friday, I get annoyed at Apple because Apple does not honor the spirit of Black Friday. <laughs> <laughs> Apple's Black Friday oh, deals yeah. are, yeah, take yeah. $1 off <laughs> this $10,000 device. Tune in next week to hear how disappointed Lex is in Apple's deals. <laughs> <laughs> this is my prime day, okay? I'm Jewish. This is my... As Maltz knows all time. <laughs> See, I wasn't sure anymore. <laughs> Did I just hear that on, on a TV show that you were Jewish? I don't know. <laughs> Possible. I think you got you got several endings in there. That's the point. Oh yeah, they're all going to be endings. We are ending yeah. this show just, all over the place. Just do, just do the music like four times. Hold on, nope, we're not done yet. <laughs> yeah, let's just. You know what? We don't grief our listeners nearly enough. Yeah, no, right. <sighs> Dan, would you be willing to consider this episode just using you singing the theme song as the music? Yeah, <laughs> I definitely would be willing. Definitely. It's 100%. like last week's uh, impressions. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, boy. I did none this episode. <laughs>